This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and I'm really excited to introduce to our community today uh, a really amazing voice on social media and an expert in all things recruitment in his particular field. This is Ali Wallace, and he is the founder of DNA Recruit. Welcome to you today, Ali. How are you? Uh, very well, Leisha. Very well, indeed. On this very cold Monday morning, yeah. uh, afternoon even. I was going to yes. say, it's gone into afternoon. As we record this, we'll be sharing this in 2022. We are just at the back end of, st- of the storm, storm and when is it, where we've all had yeah. snow and ice and it's all freezing. Yeah, we didn't get snow in uh, sunny Hertfordshire, but it's uh, it's pretty cold, to say well, the least. For those who are watching on YouTube, I have got a blanket because it is that cold. <laughs> and my heating's on. So, yes, he's right. I do have a beanie. <laughs> beanie. To, uh... <laughs> Now, Ali and I have been following each other for a while. We've obviously partnered the business. Myself and Laura Dutton have known, known Ali a long time. But for those who are not yet familiar with DNA and Ali, tell us a little bit of potted history of, of your business and yourself. Well, let me start of myself first. So I grew up um, were, I, I grew up on a farm. My father and mother were farmers uh, in Norfolk. We uh, had a mixed farm which uh, I actually spent a lot of time on, uh, was probably always going to be a farmer until I decided I didn't like spending time sitting on tractors on my own. (laughs) Uh, And this comes around to a lot to do with what we'll talk about later. But um, I uh, sort of decided, um, I think it was going to university that I, I decided that I didn't want to go to agriculture college. Um, which uh, my father was slightly uh, upset about, to be honest with you. So I'm the only son, and uh, generally in farming families, the farm uh, is inherited by the son or taken over, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was all a bit of a, uh, a shock. Um, so I then went to university, studied marketing and business at Oxford Brooks, um, and. During that time, I realized I realized that I really liked being around people. Actually, my part-time job when I was at university, I was actually a film extra. Um, and I was in lots and lots and lots of uh, uh, films from Shakespeare in Love to all these sorts of things. Um, and I did it as a sort of, it was quite good actually, because you could actually do your studying and you could actually study whilst on film sets because you spent a lot spent a lot of time sitting in buses and that sort of stuff so um from there I graduated from from there um the two one uh and then I went on to the big smoke London um and I got a job my first job was working publishing and in sales then I got a job working for a marketing agency 
which I really enjoyed. Uh, it was great fun. Um, and that then took me into my early part of my career, working, working in sort of below the line, uh, brand activation, marketing agencies, agencies, they're not even around now, most of them, but uh, Dynamo Marketing, which was bought by MSQ and Partners. Um, I worked for a company called Billington Cartmail that became Hey Human, that is still uh, a very well-known well agency who we still work with. Um, and a few other small ones. Um, and from there, I then went traveling. I actually met my wife traveling. Uh, we came back to London and it was like, right, what do we do? I went back into below the line marketing, um, freelancing. And then I saw an advert in the press campaign to actually, uh, it, was an, it was an advert, I remember it very clearly now, uh, do you fancy life on the other side? And it was a recruitment business. And they were looking specifically for people that worked in marketing agencies that understood marketing, that had worked in it, that had a network and just generally got the sort of DNA, DNA of those businesses. And I applied, got a job. I was with that business for probably five or six years. Did incredibly well. The business grew massively whilst I was there. I took to it like a bit of a duck to water, to be honest with you, um, and just loved it. Loved recruitment, loved everything about it. Um, suited me, my personality. Um, and I then decided I wanted to do, I wanted to run my own recruitment business. I wanted to run my own business, really. That really came from the fact that I'd been brought up on a farm. It was, you know, it was my mum and dad's business. You always have to be incredibly entrepreneurial within those environments. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of put to work at a fairly young age. Um, so uh, I built a work ethic and a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit within that. So I set up DNA in February 2008. Amazing, um, amazing introduction to everything about, you know, there's so many areas there that people that are listening are going to be thinking, gosh, you know, what, what amazing value you're going to bring to this episode today. So we're going to talk about something that is quite personal. I'm really pleased that you brought up your early sort of life growing up on a farm and that you realised while you were on a tractor that maybe you were a little bit different. So do you want to give some context around? Because we're going to talk today about neurodiversity. Well, we briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the Recruitment Operating System. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Uh, growing up, um, it became quite uh, obvious so I'm saying it, 
I was always I I uh, excelled in the on the sports field and not in the classroom. Okay. Um, uh, and you know everybody just probably thought that I was uh, you know you know uh, you know a thick farmer's son um, <laughs> because you know when when I grew up when I you know in the sort of early eighties dyslexia wasn't really a thing. No. Certainly in my school it wasn't. Um, so. Um, I ended up going to a school in North Norfolk. Um, it was a, you know, a boarding school. Uh, my parents sent me away because um, generally they were quite busy people, right. you know, building and growing a business. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of time for, you know, looking out for me getting squashed by large machines. So um, I was sent away and they, they very quickly found out my English teacher actually that I was um well she thought I was dyslexic um so when you know you have to go and have all the tests have this little Scottish man that I used to have to go and visit in Norwich um and we went through the whole process and it was like right yes he's actually pretty dyslexic he needs needs a lot more um he needs extra time he needs you know um different ways of learning etc 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 and it was all still quite new dyslexia yeah. mm -hmm. um so that was that was great um you know every exam i had always had like an extra 45 minutes wow so, yeah so um so from there i'm trying to think actually so obviously through my um sort of teens i, I was every holiday i was always working on the farm you know, whether I was driving tractors, you know, we had a lot of livestock. So I was, you know, doing doing a lot of stuff on the farm. And it was working on a farm, if you don't know, it's it's a lot of work where you're not working with other people. You're on your own a lot of the time, sitting in tractors, carting bales, doing disking, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um I, I soon sort of found that I it wasn't really something that I thoroughly enjoyed. I I, I enjoyed being around people more. Yeah. You know. Um, so um, from that perspective, um, I was in a situation where um, I decided. Yeah, you know, I, I decided to want to be a farmer. I um, you know had had a bit of a fractious relationship with my father because you could probably understand it was he didn't understand it and it was probably incredibly annoying that he had a son who was going to take over you know the farm that he built um and I was really not that engaged no. so um he you know from there I decided to go to university um uh, Etc. 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 You know, I I knew I had to. I was. I knew I had to work differently to other people. Right. Um, I had to revise differently to other people. Mm -hmm. But I. I. When you're dyslexic, you learn quite quickly how to. Um, uh, how to wh where your strengths and where your weaknesses. You have to. Yeah. Um. So that was great, but um, I think from there. So going into recruitment, uh, so I was working in marketing and it's all about attention to detail and everything else. And mm -hmm. I struggled with that, um, you know, sitting and doing proofreading. It's like pff, my brains would explode. Go looking at terms and conditions and stuff like that. It was, it was tough. 
So that was a, arguably the reason why I moved into recruitment. Yeah. And the great thing about recruitment is that you, it's phone-based. It was then anyway. Yeah. It was all phone-based, you know, Rolodex is on the desk, um, getting out, meeting people, seeing people, clients, candidates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, talking on the phone and generally engaging with people was something that I certainly excelled at. Um, you know, it's, I, I feel with neurodiverse people, yeah. it's a way easier, uh, it's a lot easier to get on the phone and speak to someone and talk to someone about something than it is to send an email. Um, that's, that's just part and parcel of it. So it, I put that down to a large, a large part of why my career ended up going into recruitment and why I ended up um, uh, being pretty good at it, to be honest with you. Um, also, in the days where, you know, social media was limited, I think LinkedIn had just come in at the time, you know, nobody was doing content or anything else on LinkedIn. That was just a means, really, of a very large database. Um, so, so that was... Um, yeah, that, that's how I came into recruitment. Um, so, you know, from a dyslexia perspective, I, um, I quickly realized as well that I needed, like, un unlike other people, I needed certain um, support staff around me. Right. So when I worked for someone else, they quickly realized it was like, this guy can really do incredibly well and bill incredibly well but we need to take away the admin from it. Right. Um, so I, I think I was the first person in the business ever to have PAs or administrators, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so, and, and I think you're working around sort of um, diversity, you know, neurodiversity, um, I think the key part of your learnings are, you learn, once again, you learn about your weaknesses, um, what your strengths are and you learn about your weaknesses and then you, su you, you support yourself with around your weaknesses right. um, so that was that really in terms of um, uh, in terms of that and then more a lot more recently I have um, I found out uh, it, over Covid my youngest son was uh, we got a phone call from the school Hi, Mr. Wallace, we'd love you to come in. Um, uh, we'd love to come and have a chat about Fred. I'm like, okay. Uh, and obviously, you know, I, uh, I, I, had, a, I had a good uh, time at school, um, but being dyslexic and being, as I know now, neurodiverse, um, I was always uh, living on the edge of sort of, uh, 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 when I, not trouble, but I was always getting into trouble because uh, I was quite, I was a, I was a outgoing character um, and teachers found it incredibly hard to keep me engaged in lessons. My concentration was average. Right. Um, you know, I would, uh, I, I was, I was quite a hard person to teach looking back on it. I was an incredibly tough person to um, uh, have in a classroom. <laughs> So um, we went and saw their master. He discussed with us the fact that they felt our son had ADHD. Right. Um, okay. So, and he's only, what is he, 11, 12 years old? He's 12 now. 
Um, so uh, it was it was wasn't something that I uh, I we we generally we'd understood it. So we felt that um, through that process we had to go and talk to count. Um, talk to specialists about his ADHD and when we the first specialist we spoke to within about four and a half minutes the guy looked at me and was like Mr Wallace have you ever been tested for ADHD I was like no wow. uh, and he goes well I think we should so obviously I, I'm now on that journey it's been a great journey to be sure. in it with my son and living it uh, and understanding it so um, I have uh, been um, and I think I think a lot of people who have dyslexia arguably do have ADHD in one way of one form or another depending on the severity of it um, so that has been a really uh, eye-opening perspective for me um, and also I'll, I'll take it back to you know running my own business um, and I, I struggled for quite a long time trying to do stuff that I that I wasn't probably um uh, I wasn't set up to do okay. um and whether that be um whether that be you know, the whole admin side of it and you know I quickly realized that I needed support around me I needed administrators PAs people to do finance yeah. um I just needed to be left to yeah. focus on what I'm really good at which is recruiting making money building relationships um and also yeah but also leading from the front and there's a big difference leading from the front in a recruitment business lots of people think that's someone who isn't on the tools yeah isn't doing recruitment yeah, yeah. and everybody's different right so uh and you've got to you've got to see that from a and you know whenever you're in a situation of being ADHD, if you're dyslexic ADHD you you are different yeah but you you know you you still can be the same but you know from a leadership perspective lead from the front mm -hmm. um but it might be that you look at this this a situation and you might not you might not be the right person to be the sales director of the business or you might not be the right person to be the marketing director or you might not be the right person to be the finance director yeah. or the strategy director all the different hats you've got to wear in a business mm. you know don't try and take them all on. And I, no. quite often I, I did. Right. And that was probably a mistake that I made and what held me back. Yeah, maybe. Um, and, you know, now, you know, the businesses since COVID, we've, uh, you know, quite aggressively grown the business. Uh, we've brought in some brilliant um, uh, business owners um, who have come in as one man bands and are working underneath the umbrella of the business. We have I've recruited a sort of sales director, operations director, who, you know, I should have done it years ago. Um, not only is the person I brought in a fantastic human being um, who's also a leader, but is, you know, is very good at that job. And, um, and that's and that I really want to vote, you know, for our audience who are listening, there will be there will be a portion of our community who are like you running businesses who maybe either have had a diagnosis or suspect that they may have neuro neurodiversity themselves. And that, that comes in so many different guises, as we know. And I think your 
incredibly open share about your you know your journey and the accidental diagnosis that you had with your son which I think is just actually a really beautiful thing so if you were talking to to the leaders part because I I want to break it into two camps really one is the leaders and and the other is recruiters who maybe suspect or, or have had a diagnosis is how you would advise them so if you if you are listening now as a leader and you've got people in your business who, who have got neurodiversity, what would your advice be to them in terms of supporting them? And because you clearly now are in your natural flow, you know, you've, you've brought Don into business, you know, somebody that has got all the strengths where, you know, these are areas that with your ADHD, you just, you know, you're, you're not going to excel in those areas. So what would your advice be to our audience? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now. And what one company... Hoxo Media are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout, but make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'd say I'm still, you know, I'm actually still learning, you know, and I don't think you ever stop, you never stop learning, right? Oh, yeah. So, um my belief is that you need to break it down. Okay. So um, bringing someone into the business, well, before you've even hired them, you know, understand, you know, you, you can quickly tell whether people are dyslexic quite mm-hmm. often when they present stuff, mm-hmm. there might be typos in their presentation. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, from that perspective, you can tell generally how they are and how they, you know, in terms of their 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 personality, in terms of how they come across, generally, dyslexic and ADHD people are people that have got bucket loads of energy, and you can see it in them and how they are. Um, you so I, I think um, the onboarding process mm-hmm. in a business yeah. has to definitely be different. Definitely, um, and you need to recognise it. Um, and, you know, we, we are in a place at the moment where, you know, it's, you can't, you know, generally you, in an interview process, you don't go to someone, so tell me, are you dyslexic or are you ADHD? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do it. 
Um, and but but hopefully, you know, even people listening to this might be going, you know what, I'd much rather be open to people that, you know, employers, um, I think people are a lot more open now in terms of telling people, yeah, I'm dyslexic. I want you to know that. Mm -hmm. um, so getting your onboarding process right, understanding where they are from a technology perspective, how, how yep. engaged are they in the CRM systems? Because yep. um, naturally people quite, quite often sort of run away from it um, uh, because it's sort of process and system. Yes. Um, the other side of it is, you know, is utilizing, you know, whether it be technologies, um, whether it be using social media, um, you know, you, you quite often see a quite, quite a few people either are or aren't into it. Mm. Um, so we get everybody onto um, a social media course once, as soon as they come into the business, because it's really important because you can have the best recruiter in the world and they can be the most useless person on social media in the world. Yeah. And it's all about confidence. Okay. It's about confidence, about building a personal brand and also understanding that that is something that's going to ultimately let people realize who you are, yes. what you're about. And you're not just this person, this recruiter that, you know, is constantly phoning people and, you know, hustling people and pestering people. Right. Um, and also understanding what people's values are, what their ethics are. Um, so um, I would say that for me is a really important part of any leader mm. bringing people in who have dyslexia, ADHD, etc. And and also be very be very very clear that you are very happy to support them and bring in bring in extra support, bring in administrators, bring in um, people that can, you know, I have loads of people helping me <laughs> and I, I need to know that, that I, you know, anybody coming to the business, you know, we will support them. We will, you know, help them in every way we can to allow them to focus on what their absolute skill set is. Yeah, it's and it's speeding, it's speeding people up, right? Yeah, no, it you is. People talk about inclusivity, but actually you can only be so inclusive if you're not going to support them and get them to where they need to be, like you say, with, with that. And with that in mind, so do you think you, do, you just said something earlier on in that last answer where if you are an employee listening to this and you have not disclosed to your employer, do you think they've got a moral obligation to disclose this in the interview stage that they've got neurodiversity? And if so... No, I don't think, I don't, you know, every, it's everybody's, everybody's on their own journey, right? Yeah. You know, everybody's on their own journey. I would never say that they have to say they're dyslexic or whatever else. I don't think that's mm -hmm. at the moment in the world we live in. It's not it, it, you don't have to do that. Yeah. But being, you know, as someone that's been through, you know, I've lived this journey all my life. Yeah. And I would say the more honest you are with yourself. Yeah. And with everybody else about you know your who you are as a person I just think it will benefit you time and time again um throughout your career um you know it, it really will there, there's 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 no doubt in my mind that everybody that has 
dyslexia, ADHD, or any, any other neuro um, diversities should, they, they would be better off being upfront yeah. and, you know, and letting people know because, um, you know, it's very different to when I started out in recruitment, um, you know. It's a different world now. We've got, we've got new information. There's new coaching, supporting, you know, we talk about it openly. Right. Like, there's right? apps, there's, there's everything about, you know, every, you know, there, there's so much help in the world and in, uh, for people like myself. Yeah. And I actually think there's a huge number of people that are undiagnosed and also would probably go, oh no, I'm definitely not that. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't want to have that associated to, with me. And it, it, that's that's not, uh, you know, nobody should be embarrassed about no. their, their, how they are, who they are, or what they are, right? You should be proud of um, it. You know what, it's you down know, to people so, like you and I talking about it that destigmatizes. Yeah, but also, it. it's oh. a massive superpower. Yeah, and I it's a fact. You say that. That is but your it is. It is. It, you know, it is your, you know, is your secret source. I reckon if you went out and you, and, every half a million pound biller yeah. was interviewed, was uh, interrogated, not interrogated, but, um, or if there was a, you know, if they were all tested for uh, ADHD and dyslexia, I bet there's a very high percentage of people okay. of those individuals yeah. would be in that camp. I agree with you totally. It's all be pretty proud that they are and realize that it is my secret source it is my superpower mm. um so you know that people should never and, and, and actually find it you know for people you know dna we are on a growth on a on a we're on a growth curve um within our business we, we're on a um uh, we're on a plan to uh, grow the business and people with uh, the people that come into our business I want them to be part of our business um and that's not just you know being part of it I w actually want them to be owners in our business because I feel that that's the the correct way for us to grow the business and create longevity loyalty and be part of the DNA family um but you know it's something that we are looking at in terms of finding more people like me and other people yeah. who are incredibly successful um but also understand that coming into here um you might you know if, if we can get it right we can actually make you more successful absolutely well that's what it should all be about and i have to say that when you finish listening to this episode if you're listening to this through the share on linkedin we want you to shout out proud what your superpower is if you are in the neurodiversity community and we want to hear about it, we want to share. And it's down to people like yourself, Holly, that you're educating people. You're showing that this is actually something that we should be, you know, embracing as employers, but also as human beings. So, you know, one thing I want to sort of conclude with really is that during your incredible um, sort of na narrative on you and the business, you've obviously accomplished what a lot of people are hoping to strive for in terms of creating a, a virtual successful business that's in growth mode so if you have got people within your virtual business that and I say virtual because obviously we're a lot of people are working remotely how do you know if you look around you now as a business owner 
if you've got people in your business that you suspect have got neurodiversity how do you make sure you can support them virtually because it is it's harder to do when you're not in person with them to be more physically tactile and and give them that support it is it is harder yes um i i, I guess it's just about it's building you know it's making sure that you have incredible processes and systems within your business yeah. that people can follow as long as you've got those Mm-hmm. If as long as you're making sure that you're training the people that you know anyone who comes into your business in the right way, yeah. And it's not just you know lots of training in recruitment can be. There's there's a twenty minute twenty minute video, off you go, yeah. you know you're you're in that for people like myself that just doesn't work, no. you know. I'm I, it's all about repetition for me if right. you know I can only learn things if I repeat it okay. consistently if I've got to have if I get a training uh, process and you know the, a lot of the tech companies that we work with recruitment tech companies you know they're learning more and more now about you know you don't just right uh, you've got a new system we're going to give you a couple of hours training off you go you know Seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll hear the first 15, 20 minutes, take it in, but the rest of it is just gone. Oh. Gone, yeah, totally. Um, I just can't, I, I can't engage. I have an incredibly short concentration. Um, so I, I have to be in a situation where I just have to keep repeating things. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to get that um, up to speed. So from a virtual perspective, You've got to make sure your training plan for people who are virtual, they need to be uh, made, sh- to be, they need to be trained consistently over three, six, nine, 12 months. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, we have, um, well, I, I generally go to the office once a week, uh, you know, just to be there, to be part of, you know, the buzz of London, um, to see people, meet people, um, and also just to, have a bit of a difference in terms of my environment you know I, have a, I work from home I have a lovely office but I quite like going to um I quite like being in London once a week being around people um, you said you could yeah. very sociable you did, when you're on your tractor as a kid you didn't want to be on your own so I think that's do you know as I'm listening to everything no I hated it I, oh god I couldn't stand it um but also um you know it is it's still having those Sort of regular meetups and being with people, um, yeah. and you know, remote working, work from anywhere. We 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 are work from anywhere. I'm not a I, I, you know, nobody has to come. Apart from once a month, we have a team meeting. We all work together. We all go out for meals. Uh, we all have you know, a few drinks or a few too many drinks, mm-hmm. and it's all about build. That's how we're building the culture in the business. And lots of people say you can never build a culture if you work remotely or work from anywhere that's rubbish um you know you know you're making people people feel included in, included in your business um you know there's always the support there they've got all the relevant technology that they need you know at the end of the day if someone needs um technology to uh speak uh, information into your vo- vocally into your database that's yeah. there you can do it it's not yeah. a problem um you know taking notes there's now apps that you can use to take notes from meetings. Um, all these sorts of things, they're all available. 
And you know, you, it's just about understanding that and then offering that to people. Of course it is. No, definitely. Well, you, you've definitely embraced all aspects of it. And as I knew you would be, you've been an absolutely delightful guest, Ali. And we really appreciate you joining us. And I can't wait for the engagement on this post when we share it in 2022, because I think well, be, it will be very interesting. I, I do uh, think it genuinely will be interesting. And, you know, I think as a from, from one human being to another, I really am so grateful for you for sharing such a lot of personal information today. And we'll make sure all the links are on. So if you're not already following Ali and DNA um, Recruit, then please do so. And we wish you warmly all the best for the future. And thank you for joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. No, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, you've been a great help to bring uh, good talent into our business. Um, we are obviously still very much looking for you know our future stars um so you know if anybody's hearing this who is neurodiverse and not understood within their business please come and talk to me oh, that's lovely Ali all the best and thank you so much for joining us